welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Devon Valenti. Devon is Vice President of Marketing for the Transportation Sector of Trimble Inc., an industrial technology company that connects the physical and digital worlds to help solve complex industry challenges around the world. Devon graduated from University of Delaware with a bachelor's in science in business administration majoring in marketing. She has held B2B and B2C marketing roles in a number of industries including commercial real estate, financial technology and digital media. She loves building positive collaborative team cultures and believes the strongest asset for any team is bringing together a collection of unique, brilliant minds and perspectives. Her role today gives her the ability to transition between high-level strategic thinking to creative and detailed execution. Each day brings a new adventure in both her career and life. The only constant is finding a successful way to get her three sons out the door in the morning. Welcome to our podcast, Devon. We are so excited to have you with us today. Hi, so excited to be here and thank you for giving me the opportunity. So you grew up in New Jersey. I did. I grew up in Central Jersey. I only really left. I went to University of Delaware, so I didn't go too far. And then I were, I lived in a couple areas in New Jersey, but I'm, I'm back pretty much close to home in Central Jersey. That is fun. Not a lot of people actually come back to where they grew up. Yes, I have. A, I'm very close to my family. They're all very close locally. Location-wise, we're all back in central New Jersey. Some of us left and we came back and we all have kids around the same age. So it kind of works. We, you know, we have this really nice opportunity to raise our kids together. So we're all back here. My parents too. That's wonderful. So you mentioned you also went to college um, close by University of Delaware. Now you're one of the few people that actually got a degree that you're still working in. So it it kind of, you knew going into college what you wanted and you actually stuck to the same field and you love it and you've been enjoying it and you've been super successful in it. So what was that like? Did you know you will stay in the same field? What what happened along the career? Yeah, so um, yeah, I know it is kind of funny when you talk to people and even a lot of people on my team today, they did not go to school for marketing yet they've ended up in marketing. So I went to school Uh, for it was a general business administration. And then I decided to major in marketing because I really liked it. I liked the creative side of it, but I also liked the business side of it. So it was a good, it was a good place for me. And I came out of college and I got some, you know, entry level jobs in marketing. But what really kind of made me stick to it is that marketing is very fast paced. It's changing rapidly. You know, what it looks like today is completely different than what it looked like two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So I really stayed in it because I'm constantly learning. Um, It's like I said, it's kind of changing. There's always new opportunities. And even where I came from, when I went into marketing, as I said, it was very creative. Today, marketing is actually part science, part creativity. Um, It's kind of just evolved. And I love that about it. And that's, I think that's why I'm still here today. You know, to your point, marketing has evolved quite a bit along the way, especially given that now you have teams. And as you mentioned, they're not all from marketing backgrounds. What do you think has essentially been the play in marketing where all of these other point of views, perspectives, these Mm -hmm. other skills have kind of come in and made it something much bigger, more interesting? Yeah. So I, I guess maybe I'm thinking about the teams that I work with and the background. So there's a mix of a lot of communications, people that have come from communications, a lot of writing uh, backgrounds, journalism. We do have some technical people. We have some engineering focused people that have come from backgrounds where I think, you know, they were building products or solutions 
And then they kind of look, they really like to see, okay, how does that actually make it to market? How do customers actually interact with what I've been working on? Um, so I think all these backgrounds, different, like you said, different perspectives um, really come together and, you know, it, it makes us more powerful as a team because you've got a person who um, has probably knows exactly, you know, the ins and outs of how things work. And then you've got the person who knows the customer really well. And then you've got the person on the team who knows how to reach a customer and knows the customer journey really well. So you bring all these together. Uh, and that's why I think marketing has also shifted because you've got a lot more viewpoints um, than you probably did in the past. So yeah, it's a very cool experience working with a very diverse team. And even in the last few months, I've changed roles and I've had the opportunity to meet even a larger amount of marketing professionals. And I'm amazed as I talk with them how much I don't know. Like I'm still learning. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know a tool like that existed. So there's just, you know, if you are interested in marketing, that's probably what's going to keep you here. You're a lifelong learner. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here. And I'm sure in two years, it's going to be completely different. So somebody starting out, would you recommend they go to school for marketing if they haven't done marketing in school? you think there are other avenues for them to still get into marketing? That's an interesting question. Okay, I'm not going to say this, but I didn't learn anything in college. I learned a lot in college. I've learned way more on the job. I've learned way more in my experiences with people. I've learned way more just on my own, you know, kind of taking webinar or doing webinars and looking at different classes. If you don't have the opportunity to get a degree in marketing, that should absolutely not hold you back from going down this career path. You know, if you can go right in and start marketing, that's great too. But I wouldn't say that you have to go to school for marketing to be successful here. I think you go to college and hopefully you get a taste of a lot of things and then you decide, do I really want to stick with this or not? In my case, I wanted to stick with it. And like I said, you know, every few years, I was amazed that I just, I kind of loved it even more. You also mentioned early on that, you know, you had a very unique family, you know, your mother was a microbiologist, your father worked, your mother worked, and you grew up in this whole environment that you celebrate everybody. I guess, you know, I don't know if it's unique. I think to me, it was normal. What I think is unique about it is that if I look back today, the things that I remember most about my parents, and like you said, they were both working parents. It wasn't the traditional way that I think you think of your parents when they were working. So for my mom, yes, I remember when she came to school events. And I remember when she stayed home when we were sick. But what I really remember and my strongest memories are when she became a director uh, in her department of her department. And I remember hearing some of the struggles that she had as a woman leading uh, a large team. And what was really cool is I remember when she started to go on the path of really being a subject matter expert in her field of study. So she was doing presentations and you know, she was setting up her presentation boards and that was really cool to see. So I had, you know, she was a role model of, wow, like she's on it. She's on her career and she's doing, you know, she's moving up. And then on for my dad, I saw him go to work a lot. I saw him work a lot of hours. But what, again, I remember most is that he was also there. He was at school events and he will remind me of this all the time. He was at every one of my high school soccer games and those were early in the afternoon. So for someone, you know, in his kind of role 
and where he was in his career, that's not always easy to be able to do. So I just, you know, they are both role models to me. And a lot of what I experienced with them is how I've decided to, you know, shape my own career and my own family life. Did you have any other role models or any other influences on you growing up? I would say that there are many people I even work with today that I consider role models. Like I said, I, you know, I've learned a lot from different people, but I've seen people step into leadership roles. I've been with the company that I'm with for 12 years. So I know people pretty well that I work with. I've worked with a lot of people for a long time and I've seen them move up and I've seen them tackle challenges. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I think, you know, I take a little bit from and I, I kind of consider a role model or a mentor. Have you ever seeked a mentor or did it happen naturally? Yeah, I, I was part of a couple programs. In my early in my career, there was a, a program that I always, I, I took part in every year, every quarter, you would pick a new mentor. And it, it was great. It was a, a program set up by the company that I worked for. That kind of dwindled after that. And I think since then, it's really just been looking to people that I respect. I wouldn't say I have a mentor, but maybe a pool of people that I would go to if I have questions or want their insight or need advice or something like that. So you work in a very male dominated industry. Yes. <laughs> How is it being a woman and that to, you know, leading the marketing aspect of this industry where even the customer and, you know, the mix is higher on the male side. Yeah. Um, I almost think you just, you just almost like forget about it, right? You're, you're just, you're just like them at the end of the day. So you try not to focus on that. Uh, I don't really want, I want anybody in the room with me to just see me as their coworker, I'm, you know, first and foremost, um, I don't want them to see me as a woman. Yet I'm not going to hide from that, I guess, is, is the important piece to say. I've also worked in financial technology, which was another very heavy male-dominated area. I haven't seen too much negativity or I haven't really experienced too much. Like I said, I think it's really because you just almost put that out of your mind. You know, you just you, you do your job and you do your role. And if you see me sitting next to you, hopefully you know me as uh, the person that uh, is representing marketing. And hopefully you see that first and foremost. When you start working up in the career and you started managing people, was that a different experience? Completely. Yes. I think the biggest shift is moving from an individual contributor to being a first time manager. It's nothing you're really expecting. You know, you just you can't almost prepare for it. I think you should try. You should definitely, you know, if you can get your hands on some materials or take a course or something like that, but it's just completely different. I learned the lesson very quickly that when you become a manager, your job is to help the people on your team succeed, not vice versa. They are not there to help you succeed. That would be wonderful if that happens as well, but you're there for them. You know, one of the hardest lessons I think that I've learned, and I think a lot of people struggle with, is you have to help them solve problems or challenges on their own. Just don't just do it for them. Um, I think you always have in that back of your head, like, oh, I could just do it so much faster on my own, or I, you know, we should do it this way. That's not going to help that person, right? You should use it as that kind of learning opportunity and really help that person almost find the solution on their own. So I, I think that's probably the biggest shift that people experience as they kind of jump right into being a manager. And, th and that was definitely in my case. Uh, you also have to learn how to delegate pretty fast because uh, you cannot do everything on your own. That is so true, though. It's a completely different mind shift. Mm -hmm. And sometimes 
just because you're good at what you do doesn't mean you'll make a good manager. Those skills yeah. are completely different. And you brought up a great point. Sometimes, you know, you can learn some of it. Some of it comes from experience. You have to go through the motions to learn what you need yeah. to do to be a good manager. So you have teams, you see other teams around you. Do you see any differences in the way men behave versus women behave as individual contributors within the teams? Yeah, I do. I, I would say, I think women always veer towards we versus I. Um, and this goes to that really great topic, which I'm sure you, you, you've discussed at length, is advocating for yourself. I guess to give an example, I'll be in a meeting, I know that somebody has this great idea, or they did something and it was really on their own, or they're maybe presenting something that's a, a new idea, a new process they put in place. And a lot of times I find them saying, we, they say, we decided to do it this way, or we came to the conclusion, or we took this step. And I want to just say, say I, it was you, you did it. So I do see that. I see women veer that way. And I see men probably veer the other way. It's a lot more I. And I'm not trying to say that the men are taking credit for what other people are doing. I think they naturally go to I. And women kind of want to be a little bit more all-encompassing and make sure everybody feels the credit. But you know what? Sometimes you should just go in there and say, yes, I did this. It's, no, it's hard ahead. to change the story at the review time to go in and say, I did this, 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 when you've been projecting it as a group effort all along. Yeah, and maybe there's a time and a place, um, you know, in reviews, I would say, walk into your, you know, annual or quarterly review, and make sure you talk about what you did, um, and your part in it. And, you know, one thing that I see a lot of people on my team do, and I try to do as well, is keep that ongoing list of your accomplishments all year long. That way, you know, you have them when you need to go in and you need to advocate for yourself um, because you forget things. And a lot of times too, I think women, they may have said it once or twice and I don't know, maybe they think everybody was paying attention, but not everybody probably was paying attention. So just bring it back up, you know, just again, kind of advocate for, for yourself um, in every way possible. So you mentioned you worked in finance industry. Mm -hmm. Were there, and there are not a lot of women in finance, even today, were there certain perceptions that you faced during that time that you think you would not have faced if you were not a woman? And what did you really do to come out of that situation? What's interesting is when I worked in finance, there was the ratio of women to men was staggering. But in where I was in marketing and product, which were together, top roles were actually held by women. So the chief product officer was a woman. The chief marketing officer was a woman. Uh, the role that ran new business development was a woman. So I had a really cool you know, opportunity to see strong, powerful women in these roles. And they were really, really good about making sure that you know, the other women that were in the company had a good experience. When I mentioned that the mentoring program, when I was early in my career, one of the women ran it and she talked about some of her experience of working in finance. I think she was like an investment analyst. You know, she was, she was really, really one of the only women and it wasn't a great experience. And what she tried to do was highlight that for all of us. Um, so we were aware and kind of talked to us about ways that you wouldn't fall into that kind of trap. You know, I, again, kind of had that really lucky experience of working with women that may have been there and rose out of it. And they were kind of giving back and helping other women and making them aware of, you know, what types of situations that could occur. So what made you move from finance? Yeah, so um, it was location. 
So I was working in New York and I was commuting and I was spending way too much time on New Jersey transit. And uh, I wanted to start a family and I didn't want to spend four hours on a train every day. So I, that's how I ended up going back towards central Jersey and looking for a position uh, that was you know, of interest, but was also very close to where I thought I was going to end up and stay. At that point, I've jumped from commercial real estate to financial publishing to financial technology, you know, to now where I am today. And each industry is really interesting. So I wouldn't say I was married to an industry. I was just looking for, you know, interesting roles that fit that time of time and, and period of my life and what my goals were. How was it raising a family and also establishing yourself in a new industry in a new job? Uh, it was wild. It still is wild. It never ends. I would like to say it's easy, but it's not. It's hard, but it's fun. You know, there's always challenges. I think when I took the role in Princeton at what was then ALK has now kind of turned into Trimble, I came, I was an individual contributor and I took the role and I felt I was really comfortable. And then I had my first child and I came back and I thought, hmm, you know, I just had a baby. Should I kind of like, you know, just, let's just stay where it's comfortable. Let's, let's see if this works out. But instead, I actually took another, a larger role, took on direct reports. For me, it was, you know, it was challenging and I didn't want to stop. And I think the best part about it is that you almost surprise yourself at how strong you really are when you are presented with challenges like that. Um, you know, something new, like raising a family is completely new. But once you kind of jump in and you start going, you know, you figure out you can lean on family members for help. You can adjust your schedule if your company allows it. Maybe it's not even adjusting, you know, your, your nine to five or your eight to four, but it could be just, do you have a time at night where maybe you catch up on email or do you have boundaries set when this is absolutely time for the family and the kids? Or, hey, I can maybe jump back on and prepare for tomorrow a little tonight so that tomorrow is a little bit easier and I can spend more time trying to get the kids out the door. <laughs> so you just, you find new ways of, um, of working. Uh, you know, it doesn't change. Today, I have three children. So now it's even harder to get them all out the door. And it's, you know, they've got school events and uh, I won't even go into remote learning because that was just a whole new experience that I think is actually done, which is great. But, you know, new challenges pop up all the time and you just figure out how to make it work. If you decide, you know, what's important to you is growing your career, and it's also important to you to have a family and be involved, you just, you figure out how to make that work. You also coach your son's PV soccer team? Yes, I do. <laughs> so how do you find time to do all that? So for that, which is so important to me and, and such a great thing, um, I set boundaries. You know, I block my calendar from 430 to uh, 5.30 on every Tuesday because I have to get him fed and out the door. You know, that's kind of my boundary, right? This, this is the time that I am not going to answer any emails. I'm probably not going to be reached. This is what I dedicate to, you know, my son and, and my family. What that means is I probably woke up a lot earlier that morning and did some preparation so that I could leave a little bit earlier. So like I said, you just, you kind of figure out your own flexibility um, and what works for you as you go. I'm a morning person. So frequently I wake up early and have my quiet time getting things I need done before the day starts and gets a little crazy and, 
you know, you never know where the day is going to take you. So you played soccer as a kid and now all three of your kids play soccer. And I, I know as a mom, it's so gratifying to see your kids get into your passion areas, right? What you're passionate about and they're also doing something like that. It must make you really proud. Are there certain values that you really try to imbibe in them that really led them to where they are today? I am proud. It is super fun. It's also nerve wracking because, you, you know, when you know the sport and then you're watching them play, you're, you're like over there like, oh, come on, do this, do that. You know, uh, you're, you're almost on the field with them, kind of living it and breathing it. So uh, it's really, really fun. You know, for me, the values I, we both my husband and I try to instill in them is you do have to practice, show up, right? Show up, put, your, put everything in there. Um, when you're at practice, focus on practicing in your game, you know, go out there. You may have a day or something that you're not completely in it, but show up, give it your best. And I think, you know, we also try to tell them just have fun, right? It's about having fun. And it's very similar to if you look at, you know, your job and your career, if you're not having fun, if you don't enjoy it, if you don't, you don't necessarily have to crazy passion for it, but you absolutely do want to enjoy it, have some goals because it's not worth it if you don't. So showing them that like, you know, if you're going to put the time in and you're going to work really hard, just want to make sure you enjoy it and have fun too. And I think that translates to later in life. Um, you want to be in a career that, you know, you want to wake up every day and go to work. So if you were not here today, what else would you be doing? I would probably be somewhere on a beach with my family, maybe running a little surf shop or yoga studio studio or something a little laid back um, just to kind of be with my family. I do really enjoy the beach. Uh, we all do kind of being together. I do still really like business, so I probably want to run the business in the background <laughs> and run the operations and, and definitely the marketing. But, um, you know, just doing something with them would be really cool. So we can take you out of the marketing department, but we can't take the marketing out of you. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like you mentioned a couple of times family was extremely important to you. Along with family, has there been other um, support system, your friends, any networks mm -hmm. that you're part of that you really feel has helped you become who you are today and has really been there when times were tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said I, earlier, I have been in the role or been working with the same company for 12 years. So I've got great friendships. I'm really lucky to have some really good friendships there. I consider some of these people, not just coworkers, but also friends. We've probably all been there together, you know, when the going gets tough and, and also when things are going really well. I see you know, a lot of the people that I work with on a day-to-day -day basis as a really big support system for me too. Um, in addition, friends, my sister, I, I have a sister who moved from North Carolina. She now lives in New Jersey and we walk our kids to school every day. And, you know, a lot of times when we're walking, we walk the kids to school, but then on the way home, we talk about whatever challenges we're having at work, or maybe we float an idea past each other. She'll talk about, she was just recently interviewing and I was giving her some, some advice there. Uh, and I ask her things all the time. She, she's really good with people. So I will constantly kind of ask her, hey, how do you think I should approach this? It's kind of a sensitive subject. So we bounce a lot of things off of each other. Speaking of sensitive subjects, mm -hmm. do you find women tend to do certain kind of things that you think kind of don't help their case? What do you think instead we should be doing? One thing that has always driven me nuts 
is, and I've seen women do this, they will say in a, you know, if they're in a meeting, the words will come out as, hey, this might be a stupid question, but, or I'm sorry, can we backtrack? I have a question. No question is wrong. Like questions are great because most likely the question you have, five other people in the room probably have as well, but they just, didn't want to bring it up. So I've definitely the I'm sorry, that one, I think I hear women do that more than men. There's a woman that I work with, who you know, sent around that, that I'm sorry, um, plug in in your email. So every time you wrote it, you know, it, it got rid of it for you, which is great. You never know how much you use it until something like that happens. And one of the other things that I've seen women do more than men, I think we beat ourselves up a little bit more, or we ruminate on like a bad decision, or maybe a plan that didn't go the right way. Yes, things happen. And you know, things aren't always great. But there's really not much you can do after the fact, except try to figure out if there's anything you can learn from it. Um, I'm guilty of this one. Absolutely. Sometimes I something will happen at work. And then I'll drive home and I'll just keep like replaying it in my head over and over again. And like, that's just not helpful. But I, I've, you know, in some conversations, I've, I've seen just women kind of bring up those things. I'm like, God, it's okay. Let's just We'll move on. It's fine. No, that that is so true, though. And one of the other things also that I think happens is we don't confide or ask for help when we need it as much. That's a pattern, and especially at work. You know that person needs help, but they will try to figure it out all on their own, which I think men don't do as much. They'll easily reach out and say, hey, I don't know this. Explain it to me again. For some reason, we take it as a personal failure, asking it the second time. I agree completely. And I think another one that sort of stems from that is taking opportunities or, or do, it's almost like risk. I guess a good example would be going for a new job, a, a new or you know being part of a new project or a new role has opened up. I think men will jump on that and they'll be like, oh, I'm in with like, you know, they'll have a 90% confidence level and maybe they have 10% of the required skills where women are probably the opposite. They probably have 90% of the skills, but their confidence level is at a 10%. And they may, you know, kind of think back and forth. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have everything, you know, I still need 10% of the skills. Uh, maybe I should, you know, work a little bit more, then move up to that. No way, just jump in. You will surprise yourself. Um, and the best way to learn and to get those additional skills is to get yourself into a role where they are required. Learn, you're forced to learn on your feet. So yeah, I, I think men, you know, they jump first. And, and I think women are kind of staying back a little bit and, and deciding, okay, what does that really look like? Um, we need to just keep going, jump. Yeah, no, no, that's that's excellent advice, actually, because so many things as you started on, even within marketing, right, you learn on the job, you can never be prepared 100% for any job. So why assume that you have to be perfect before you even start the job when you know you're going to learn? Absolutely. So when you're hired, what kind of skills do you look for in people? A number of skills. Um, one of the main things that I I look for is it obviously skill set in, you know, whatever area of focus they have, that, that is important. But on top of that, you know, do they bring a unique perspective to the table? You know, if they seem like every other person that I have on that team, that's probably not a good fit, right? Because everybody's going to come to the same conclusion. So I think a lot of times it's just looking for a fresh perspective, um, looking for somebody that uh, you know, is interested in the long term, building relationships, alignment with other groups, uh, you know, somebody that comes with a skill set, but 
you know, when you ask the question of where else would you like to expand and grow in the future, they have like a, a really good idea of what that is, because I think that's the person that's going to be invested. That's the person that's coming for the right reasons. Yeah, that's a great criteria to start. What is it that not a lot of people know about you? So uh, I am a huge introvert. And I'm in a position where I think I am very extroverted, but really I'm introverted. So um, I, I read a book recently, it's called Quiet. And it's about how introversion is actually an amazing leadership quality. And it talks about a lot of leaders in the past and present that are very introverted. So for me, it was really great because I've always kind of thought, you know, I'm in this role, I'm in communications, I'm constantly talking to people. Um, I'm managing a large amount of people, you know, I'm, I'm extroverted, or I have to be. And it's not that I don't, don't necessarily like being like that. But at the end of the day, I enjoy my quiet time, I enjoy my downtime, I recharge, you know, doing activities that are probably not in large groups, I really enjoy kind of personal connections with um, probably better in a small group than a large group, I would just say that anybody that feels especially in marketing, marketing is very extroverted. I think a lot of times people think, oh, marketing, they have a lot of fun and, you know, you know, we can be loud, especially if we're in the office all sitting around the same area where we get excited, we get creative, but, you know, that introversion is really important too. Uh, a good example is if I'm in a meeting and it's a large group and people are kind of throwing out ideas, I'm probably not going to be the first person to just shout whatever's off the top of my head. I am going to take a step back, think about it a little bit more. I really need some downtime sometimes just to think by myself. You know, I can, I can be in that group scenario and brainstorm and all of that, but I actually think sometimes I perform better when I have that moment kind of to myself to really think it through. So any closing comments, Devin? The number one thing about being a leader or taking on any kind of leadership role really is to remember that you are there to help other people succeed. You know, you are there to advocate for them. You are there to open opportunities for them. You are there to kick down any hurdles that are in, you know, in their way, open up connections, give them the resources they need to do their job really well. And the way that you'll see that happen and you'll know you succeeded is that you'll see that person get promoted or you'll see that person um, get recognized for some amazing achievement. And, you know, sometimes you see that person leave, but they left for some great opportunity. And that's, that's what, you know, that's what you've been working towards, right? You, you've helped them kind of hit that next level. So the number one thing with leadership, and if you, if you keep that in the back of your head, that kind of shapes the way that you're going to uh, lead your team or your department or even just one person. Thank you so much for your time, Devin. This was really wonderful. Really appreciate all the great advice and journey that you walked us through. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for having me.